Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the 365 Message Center Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can shorten all of your online meetings, well, your exchange online meetings, for your entire organization, audience targeting for SharePoint events, and how organizers can lock Microsoft Teams meetings. Let's get it started. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. What what are you flipping yep. the coin for, Daryl? Um, what are you trying to decide? Oh, are they going to do the show or not or what? <laughs> I just love the way that you were very precise with the way you were announcing. Uh, I'm trying to be accurate. Actually, I'm not, right. my throat's hurting a little bit, so that's probably why. Um, well, you take a drink, and I'll, yeah. I'll talk to these lovely people while you do that. Well, I think uh, could you could you mention maybe how they could follow us and and subscribe and all that stuff up front instead of doing it at the very end, then people will hear it. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, we're not going to do it that cheesy, ring the bell and like and subscribe and stuff because everyone does that. I've got into the habit of saying, you know where we are, you know what to do. So do it, right? But what if they Uh, (laughs) don't know where they are or what to do? True. Like they might be listening to this audio podcast and they don't know that we do a webcast as well, which they could see some of the content on the screen and see us talk about the demos. Vice versa. They might be watching that but didn't know they could listen to the podcast on their way to work. So everyone subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the video, ring the bell, hit the big, mm-hmm. big thumbs up. Okay, everybody. We really appreciate that. Daryl, you wanted yeah. to talk about an announcement that is an updated announcement. I know. I know. Like we've generally kind of formed a rule now where we don't really cover stuff that says it's updated because it's the same message, but it's really just an update for usually the delivery date. This this message, Viva Connections for Microsoft Teams Desktop Clients, updated. Uh, it's MC244743, originally published in March 17. It was around uh, letting us know that um, we could, uh, what was it, we we're going to be able to download the script and we we're going to be able to publish um, the, the SharePoint Home, which becomes Viva Connections, and we can add it to Teams and all that sort of stuff. Um, can I use the word kerfuffle again? Because I, I know that it really resounds with sure. our audience. Yes. Our sure. audience loves so kerfuffle. Kerfuffle, yeah. There was a kerfuffle around whether or not you could um, make this possible, make it happen by um, uh, by just simply being in a first release group. And it was discovered that you had to do more than that. You had to be quite specific uh, you could just say first release for the whole org. Um, so this this is an updated message uh, because of that and some other further misunderstandings that there's some reliance on some other features to be released. Uh, so the navigation configuration is a dependency of the SharePoint app bar uh, based on our learnings from the early rings. Uh, app bar rollout timelines have been adjusted and so that's affecting also the, the Viva connection uh, ability to, to make that a, a possible uh, or turn it on within your organization. So um, 
the feature that was supposed to be rolled out by March 2020 uh, may have been taking a bit longer for some of you. Don't worry, it's still coming. 
at the that level where you're having multiple personalities personalities not multiple personalities personas and departments coming in and utilizing your site so you could target you know those events to those different groups will you use audience targeting for your department site i would highly doubt it unless it's a very large department and 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 all of that I, you know i think you're going to be utilizing this on your intranets on your um, on your news or events pages that, you know, maybe you have a, mm. a roll up of all of those. I think, you know, things like that, I think is a, a great use of, of this functionality. So, uh, so speaking of great functionality and keeping people out, I don't know, I'm just making this up. Uh, talk to us about locking stuff, Daryl. Well, you've just about covered the whole thing just by saying that. <laughs> it is really quite a simple update. Um, but uh, we had some thoughts around uh, the implications of, of how this can impact you. Uh, organizers, organizers, hmm. organizers can lock meetings. Uh, MC251564. This is Teams meetings, of course. Hmm. Uh, you uh, will be able to, as you... Um, Join the meeting. Uh, there'll be an additional button there where you can actually manage the permissions on the fly. Sometimes I've used that other one, by the way, to quickly change the permissions so that I don't have to let people in if, if um, they're sitting there in the lobby. Uh, but underneath that same ellipsis button, the participants pane within the, the meeting, you will see the lock the meeting button. And uh, as the name suggests, it will lock the meeting, not just for... Uh, team's clients, but it will also prevent anyone from dialing in if you use that functionality within Teams too. And why would we use this? Because it could be one of those sensitive meetings where we don't want anyone to just come on in. Uh, there's another feature I would pair this with, uh, and if you are organizing a sensitive meeting, you probably should also use that feature to prevent people from forwarding a meeting invite on to other people. Uh, and that will make sure that the meeting is only available to people you invite. But once it's started, this is the uh, final piece of security, you might say, if it's, uh, I don't know, a special shareholder acquisitions thing that you want to uh, lock off, or maybe it's a one-to-one a -one meeting. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I was thinking. Second. Like your one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one meetings with your manager, um, you know, maybe a meeting with HR, uh, you know, mm. th things like that where, <clears throat> and just, it doesn't have to be a super sensitive or super secret meeting. It could also be, I don't want to have to monitor the participants list to make sure no one's joined, right? We're all here. Mm -hmm. Great. Lock it. I don't want to have to monitor that to make sure no one's listening, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be super secret. It could just be, hey, we are talking about stuff that if maybe an outsider heard, then it would be bad. Like, a, you know, outside mm -hmm. or outside your company, you know, talking about something you're going to release in the next and you don't want competitors to join. I will I will say I'm probably going to start using it more than not it, just yeah. for that reason. Just I don't want to have to monitor the participant who does monitor the participants list for a meeting with just a handful of people. You'd well, here's another good use case, Daniel. If you really want to drive a behavior of turn up to meetings on time, mm. 
Lock it. <laughs> yeah. You can lock it and say, yeah. hey, you didn't turn up, man. Yeah. Um, the it, other thing I was looking at with here uh, is it doesn't really say or differentiate between whether it's just for scheduled meetings, for meet now, for meetings within channels. Uh, imagine starting a channel meeting in your team. It's available to everyone, but you as an organizer, the person who started that meeting in the channel, flicks the lock meeting button and it's not available to anyone in the team now, except the people that are in the meeting at the time. Yeah, I, I think you're going to get some interesting uh, experiences, people dialing in. And mm. I also would like to know what it's going to say. You know, when you try to join, will it say this meeting is now locked or, you know, that'll be interesting. The last thing I think we just need to mention is this is the desktop app um, mm. is the way you lock it. So I guess it's not going to be available in the in the browser version uh, or in the mobile right now. Um, yeah. So to to be able to lock it. Probably, right. Exactly. Yep. If you're an organizer, your, your best experience is going to be from the desktop. But yeah, good point. That's rolling out uh, mid-May, complete by end of May. Daniel, uh, let's turn our attention to exchange now. We're still thinking of meetings. Tell us what's happening there. Yes, we are still thinking of meetings with this announcement, Exchange Online, new commandlet to make meetings shorter by default. MC251866. This is a functionality that I think it's actually been getting a lot of talk because there have been... You've, we've been able to do the setting in Outlook, right? Yourself, you've been able to go in there and say, end meetings early, right? Mm. So you could check that box and hour long meetings, you can end 10 minutes early and 30 minute meetings, you can end five minutes early. Um, so, you know, that's been there in Outlook for you to be able to do. Well, this is actually to be able to do it for your entire organization to be able to say, we're gonna make a decision that we're going to end meetings early, all of them, or we're going to start them late, all of them. You're, you're not gonna be able to, you know, when you try to schedule a meeting, it's going to start it uh, late for in that, in that case. Uh, so this is, um, it's available today. This is one of those announcements that, voila, it's here. Um, <laughs> it, now, Outlook may take a day, 24 hours, for it to recognize that, it, that you've run this commandlet. Um, there's a couple of things with this, though, and I'm going to, for those on the video, let's take a look at the if you run the commandlet section. Because, first of all, I talked about that personal setting. You know, if you've set that up, if a user has already created an individual setup at any point, the company-wide policy will not apply to them. Hmm. Now, I don't, I kind of like this and I kind of don't like this. I'm, I'm in the, I'm kind of in the middle here because I, as an admin, when I set a setting, we, we as an organization have determined this is the way we're going to function. And, and let's be clear. I think that's what you need to be doing. This is not a IT pro going, Oh, look, there's a new setting. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to make all meetings end early because I'm tired of, you know, having to go from one meeting to the next, to the next, next. No, this needs to be a, a decision that's made um, by those enablers and decision makers in your organization. But once you've made that decision, then 
it won't apply to people who have gone in and tried to, you know, make that decision beforehand and their settings may be different, but it won't apply to them. I don't. So part of me is like, Oh, cool. You know, personalization. Mm. Other part of me is like, Hey, this is a, an org setting. It should be organized organization wide and should, should overwrite everybody's. I don't know. Um, put those in the comments, please. You know, um, we'd love to hear your, your feedback and those in the chat room. Uh, let us you know yeah. well, one uh, other question for, yep. for you and for those in the chat uh, of the two choices starting a meeting late mm. or finishing it early yeah which which do you think would be more effective i would want to drive the behavior that you're still coming to the meeting on time uh, otherwise if you're starting it late then people are just going to oh it usually starts five minutes late so let's uh Let's just turn up eventually. We actually, I prefer to drive that, yeah. early, that finish early one. We actually had in our latest, in our most recent regarding 365 contributors meeting, where we get together and chat, we talked about this actually, of which would you prefer? And I think I'm right there with you in that, you know, most meetings start on the hour or at the bottom of the hour. So it's kind of easier in your brain to remember when the meeting starts. So, I kind of am with you about ending the meeting early so that, you know, you know, when the next meeting starts, the key though, is you have to be, you have to be on it because if you do the meeting start uh, stopping early, then you have to enforce it. If, if someone keeps talking, you have to say the meeting's done, right? Like bye. I mean, if, if, you know, you have to be on it, but if it starts mm. late, then you could be like, oh, you know, meeting hasn't started yet. And you can just sit there and start it on time, which would be, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And then end at the top of the hour. I, anyway, so my preference yeah. is start on time, end early. But you, you, as an organization, you have to have that culture of we're respecting people's time and respecting the meeting time. That's That's what I would say about that. The other right. thing I wanted to mention is this little gotcha. It's the biggest little gotcha I think there has been in a message in a while. Meetings scheduled for Microsoft Teams will not, not, N-O-T, respect this setting. At all. Mm -hmm. Period. So if you're scheduling Teams, you've moved your organization to Teams or using Teams... And Teams is nice because when you schedule a meeting in Teams, it goes ahead and you don't have to check the box of make this a Teams meeting, an online meeting. You don't have to click the magic button of Teams meeting and Outlook. You just schedule a meeting in Teams and it it works. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do that, it doesn't respect the setting at all. So frankly, Daryl, this by this one bullet point on this message, I think it has greatly reduced the effectiveness of this setting by a large amount. It, it Because you're going to have some people who are creating Teams meetings in Teams and the settings not even going to apply. So you're going to have some meetings that do it and some meetings that don't, even though you got an org-wide setting. And it also depends uh -huh. on if someone created a personalized setting in Outlook before, it's not going to do it for them anyway. Uh, anyway. I, I just don't think, 
I think this is a great idea. I really, really do think this is a great idea from coming from a person who's gone from meeting to meeting to meeting, you know, back to back to back. And you're always late because your meetings never end on time. And so you're having to, I got to go and you click and then you click again to join the next meeting. I'm loving this, except that there's too many, oh, it won't work if statements. So Mm -hmm. uh, that has greatly reduced my excitement for this message. you know, I let let us know what you think. People would love to uh, get your opinions on that. I um, I hope that I'm not in the minority, but maybe I am. Daryl, let's talk about some cool stuff Daniel. with um, SharePoint and Teams, shall we? Well, but is it cool? I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's. All right. This is a, this is our podcast, Daryl. You're supposed to be pumping this up. This is exciting. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Let me let me be over over dramatic about this. <laughs> um, let me think about this. Hang on. I'm just going to try and get into my WWF announcer voice. Welcome to the SharePoint and Teams folder feature. This feature makes it visible to show you if it is connected to a channel. Yes. How's that? That was that was better. Better? Did I hype you up? Yes. Did I, do I need to bring out like the chair? You know, and like anyway. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I slipped out of that persona. MC two five two three three six. Uh, this is this is going to be a, a useful feature for identifying if you are uploading a file to a SharePoint document library and you're making your way through those folders and you're like, hmm, which one should I put it in? I want to make sure that my team can see it. Which which one of these folders is connected to the channel I'm after? Well, I can see general and, okay, that's usually a, a channel, so that's fine. I can handle that. Um, but if, if you're using other channel names that are a bit more ambiguous, sometimes people get a bit lost and so they drop a, a document in just the root of the document library or they put it in a folder that they thought was a channel and they get a bit confused. So this feature makes it nice and visible. Daniel's shown it on screen there, nice little uh, small banner along the top that it calls out when a folder is connected to a channel. Now, the reason I'm sort of... Eh, um, not super excited about it. Like the people that are now using Teams more to share and collaborate on documents are doing this from Teams. So if they want to upload a file to a channel, they will go into a channel and upload it. They're not really going to the SharePoint document library. And the other area that it's not going to appear, and I find I'm doing this more often now too, if I am in a Office desktop application and I go to save something and I go to my SharePoint sites and I traverse my way through to try and save it directly from the app to where I want it to be so it's available for my team, I'm not going to see whether a folder is connected there or not to a team. So okay, it's covering some bases. I think. What do you think, Dan? I think the really what's driving this is the other side, not creating content, but deleting. I think that's where I, and I happen to have been in the, in a conversation about this feature, about 
giving feedback of it needs to be more pronounced of when folders are connected to a channel because when yes when a site is connected to a team the the channels save the fold the files there yes but the problem is when you come into the sharepoint site and uh news to daryl apparently he he thinks that uh sites that are connected to teams are never visited other than within teams but they are <laughs> um and when you go to visit that document library and you start to delete a folder, the fear is you delete a folder that's connected to channel, what happens? Well, they're preventing that now, right? So you're, you're not gonna be able to delete a folder, but then why, why, are my, why am I having that? So now we, it is, hey, this is a folder that's connected to a channel and it's kind of the, the, the two way. Cause in Teams, you know what it is. In Teams, you go look at files, you see the files, but in SharePoint, you have no clue what files are connected and what aren't, especially like you mentioned, Daryl, the other folders that are not general, right? That And especially mm. if you've mixed content, which I have clients that have mixed content. What I mean by that is you have all you have folders for all of your channels, but then you have other folders that are inter dispersed with those. And so yeah. you've got to make sure that people realize which is which. Now, is this a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal. I think it, but it is nice though to have a little bit of, hey, by the way, you know, this is connected to something just so people mm -hmm. don't, you know, get confused. Um, I'm easily confused. So I, that's, you know, I'm sorry you're not ex too excited about it, Daryl, but I'm not, I'm not greatly excited. I think it's good. I think it's a good feature. It's not going to blow our socks off, but it's, you know, next month starting, you know, we're going to get that feature, right? Yep. Late May. Yep. Complete by late June. There you go. So I, you know, that we were talking about location based, you know, those files where location they were at. Uh, let's talk to mm -hmm. about another one, a location based. Location based access control. That was a stretch. Uh, this announcement, MC252197, is actually about conditional access policies. And who doesn't love talking about conditional access policies? Well, what this announcement is, and you might look at this and go, wait, we have location-based, right? I mean, we can we can say, you know, people in North America can or can't log into our site because we're based in Japan or we're based in New Zealand and why would we have anyone logging in to our content from North America or wherever, right? So you could set that now, but those policies are based upon IP address. Okay, so it, it looks at the IP address and goes, that's an IP address in North America for the, my previous example, so we're not gonna allow it. But that's not very accurate. I mean, it is sort of accurate, but IP addresses can traverse and and they they're not necessarily um, zoned specifically to a uh, an area. You know, they, there is some travel there. So <clears throat> this is based upon GPS data, which is terribly exciting. Mm. Your admins will be able to uh, set these policies based upon GPS data, and this is rolling out previews starting in early May. And 
you really you, you don't if you don't have to do anything if this is you're not going to use this but if you want to use this feature there's a handy link there to get you going called configure named locations in azure active directory so uh again not a crazy exciting announcement here but for those that are using this i think you should switch to using that gps now how is this going to work is a very good question if you prevent you know location-based tracking on your mobile device you mean like on the iphone yep which mm. uh you know i think microsoft or sorry apple is rolling out an update i think the next what i've heard about the next ios update actually is giving you even more granular control on tracking um so yeah well you know, if if a pers if a user personally makes that choice, yes. Well, I I don't want this app tracking at all. Uh, does that mean it's <clears> going to prevent the person from entirely maybe. accessing what they need to from the mobile? Maybe. Uh, and and if it, so, that's and something if, to keep in mind as a troubleshooting thing. Exactly. And you know, if it's a company device, then maybe you have to say you will allow it uh, for the Microsoft Authenticator. And if you don't, then you can't access resources. So, um, so anyway, I, I think probably using a combination of this IP addresses and GPS, but, um, I think, uh, it's a good, nice little feature. Let's move on to our quick mentions, shall we? So that yes, yes. you have a quick yep. mention about something that I can't hear very well. Um, there's well, I, some I can, noise I can, going on. I can fill that dead air there, Daniel. Okay. Uh, it's a feature that we're all uh, experiencing automatically unless you deliberately choose to turn it off on Windows desktops. It's reduced background noise in Microsoft Teams meetings. Uh, it's usually turned on by default. It's usually auto. And this feature is now going to be available to Mac users. I have found it works quite well uh, when... So when I've tried to adjust different recording settings, and I know this is not something most people do, but I can see sometimes how this works, where the Teams is adjusting it constantly and making the, the recording level slider jump on down. So that's how that works. Uh, good to see that it's uh, coming to Mac, that um, you know, like Mac people also work within noisy environments and want to prevent their chip packets and popcorn from uh, coming across in meetings. They they too need to snack like Microsoft do. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I just, that was one of the things that we were making fun of, right? The, that, that was the key thing that everyone wanted to try and show that look how well this worked. And a couple of us did crazy things like rubbing it up against stubble or doing other stuff to make yeah. it, the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I want to I want to attend a meeting while I'm on a vacuum cleaner, you know. <laughs> while you're on a vacuum Robo cleaner. Well, it might be a RoboVac. Oh, okay. It might be a really okay. strong gotcha. one. So, well, yeah. the the thing about this message though, Daryl, is it's rolling out late April through late August. Uh-huh. Wow. That's a rollout it's time quite frame. A stretch. Wow. Maybe they're getting uh, more realistic yeah. with their time frame estimates, I don't know. Uh, well, and you know, is it is it per tenant? Uh, and the tenant says, hey, you're on a Mac or you're on a Windows machine? Or is it just that they're staging the availability of this within the App Store? 
don't know. That's but all. yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll turn up and enjoy it when it does. <laughs> right. So uh, next. Yes. Next, another quick mention is actually two in one. Well, not really two in one. It's actually two separate ones, but it's the same exact thing. This is OneDrive Android outline for PDF viewing. And then there's an another one that's Android iOS. I'm sorry. Sorry. OneDrive iOS outline for PDF viewing. Uh, this one is 252196. And basically what this is, is you're viewing a file in OneDrive on your mobile device. And if that PDF has a table of contents, you're going to be able to navigate that document using that table of contents. That's, I mean, it's a yeah. very simple message. And I'll switch over to the iOS one as well. Um, it, same deal. This is rolling out uh, early May, mid to mid-May. I, I love this feature. I mean, it's just, it's a simple, I think it's kind of one of those simple things. You know, of course it should have, a you know, uh, utilize the built-in table of contents. But when you're on mobile, you don't, you know, you don't have a whole lot of screens, but I don't want to be, you know, scroll, 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 scroll. You know, use that table of contents. Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's good to see. Um, means that you can jump directly to what you're reading beforehand, if you can remember that chapter. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, you said the rollout days, didn't you? I yeah. did indeed. Indubitably. Okay. Well, then I'll finish off with this one, which I was in two minds whether we covered this as a quick mention or whether it was a, a full-on you know, explanation. But uh, this is about setting your out-of-office message from within Teams. Now, if you're organized, you will do this sort of thing from Outlook if you're like me and you sometimes remember to do it and maybe twice a year for Christmas holidays and long, long extended leave. Um so it works great from Outlook, doesn't it? You get that automatic message. You can set it to whether or not it's been sent to internal people and a different message set to external people. Um, when you are setting it in Outlook, it affects your status message within Teams. So it you know shows that you're out of office and it also displays the text that you put for your internal message in your status note. Well, if you are making that complete transition or you're, you're spending more time working out of Teams and you really desire to be able to change this from Teams, then you can get to most of the functionality from within Teams. Uh, so that is coming shortly. Uh, you'll be able to schedule that out-of-office message and it will affect all those usual places that I, that I just mentioned. Um, what do you need to do to prepare? In this case, you know, it's the usual story. Tell your people that it's available and uh, update your user training and documentation. Um, I thought you were about to jump into the Brady, Brady Bunch. Here's a story. The Brady Bunch. About a lovely lady. Anyway, sorry. Who really wanted to set her out of office message. She took her kids on a holiday. No, never mind. That's enough. Wow. enough. I'm sorry, people, that I Daniel. did that. I'm sorry I inflicted you all. I'm just joking. Daryl's lovely. Um, the I think we don't have a callback this week, and that's okay. Uh, Daryl and I were talking about a very exciting feature that's coming out in Teams that we can't tell you about, but that's going to be really exciting when we, we can get to it. Um, but we don't have a callback this week, and that's fine. Here's the thing. There's a lot of things that have been slipping. 
as far as time frame of rollout. Mm. It has been kind of difficult to find callbacks of something that's rolled out recently that we talked about on the show previously. When's Dynamic View arriving? It's supposed to be rolling out now. Yeah, so that's going to be the default experience for meetings. Yeah, I don't have it yet. No? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in, in our work tenant either, so no. it's gradually coming. There's a lot of stuff that is going to start coming out in the new month as well, so um, I, I it's going to be a quiet, yes. quiet ease in to the end of April. Uh, indeed. So uh, that is uh, the end of our show, really. Again, remember, please, to subscribe both to the podcast. That Lovely. If you would subscribe wherever you are. If you're, you're listening from iTunes or Spotify or uh, Podbean or, I mean, there's, you know, iHeartRadio. There's tons of places where we are. Give us a subscribe there so you can get the latest update. And then make sure you hit that thumbs up button and the bell and all that jazz on YouTube. As Daryl says, you know where you are, so you know what to do. <laughs> we need to make up stickers that says, you know where you are, you know what to do. <laughs> and just sit there You know and watch. where to find us. <laughs> watch them see what they do. You know where you are. So. Yeah. Anyway, thank you everyone for watching. We really appreciate it. And um, episode 192, we've been talking about some things for episode 200. That sounds like a yeah. nice round number. So that'd be exciting for yeah, us to do right. some interesting things there. So you need to, maybe we should start like dropping hints so people will keep listening. We'll get any suggestions. And, oh, suggestions. If you have suggestions about, hey, it'd be really cool to see the guys do this, then <laughs> drop that in. Oh, wait. I, I know. Mints. We're opening it up here, Daniel, but, but I was talking about this with some family yesterday, family and friends yesterday, about how sometimes a TV show can get it right and they finish after a certain number of seasons. They don't go on and on and on because, um, you know, just for greed and, and that. So maybe one of the suggestions is going to be, hey, guys, finish on a high note, finish on 200. <laughs> Do you want us to keep going? Sure. I, uh, if y'all want us to quit, I mean, I guess I guess we can just ignore you. <laughs> See, I got you. All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening this week. Uh, catch us on Clubhouse this week as well. We'll schedule that and tweet it and all that jazz. Um, and I'll actually show up this time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.